This happened to me today and it scared the fuck out of me. I was leaving my friend's house who lives a few streets away and I clocked some dude walking down the middle of the street. I hear him whistle but it sounded more like a whistle you would make for a dog. So I look around to see if he was walking with one that was not on the leash. Nope. So I get in my car and watch this creep walk around my front bumper. And I'm like hell no, not today. And I immediately lock my doors because I got a bad vibe. Thank god I did because this asshole grabs the handle on my passenger side door and tugs. So I yell something like, what the fuck are you doing? Go away. And there just happens to be a couple walking their dogs past at that very moment that noticed him bothering me. So he begins to walk away and I start to pull out on my spot. I look back two seconds later and this motherfucker turned back around to try my door again. So I peeled the fuck out of there and drove home shaking. I'm super rattled by this experience, especially considering it was in my neighborhood during broad daylight. I'm going to invest in a taser and some pepper spray so I can sleep tonight. When I was 17, my boyfriend passed out from drinking and I had no way to get home. He didn't have a phone so I couldn't call anyone and I didn't have any money for a payphone. It was 9pm. He lived on the east side of San Jose and I lived in Milpitas. I ended up having to walk home, which was a little over 7 miles. This was in the late 70s. Sure there was a lot of crime and a lot of serial killers, but not like today. My generation was pretty carefree. My friends used to hitchhike everywhere, but I guess I was smart enough not to hitchhike alone. I had walked a couple of miles when I saw this guy ahead of me, who was also walking. I had caught up to him, not on purpose. I'm sure he slowed down, but I didn't notice. I didn't think about that part until I got home. He said hello and started a conversation. We walked and talked for about a mile. I don't remember where he said he was walking to, but I didn't think anything of it. At that point, there was a school across the street and not a lot of lights on. Suddenly, he pulled out a knife. He told me to start walking across the street. Then he came towards me and tried to grab me. I freaked out and ran into the street trying to flag down a car. It all happened super fast. I'm talking seconds. I almost got hit, which apparently was preferable. I wasn't thinking, just reacting. He ran away as soon as I ran into the road and I learned the meaning of hysterical at the moment. My point is that he was nice, he was normal, whatever that means. I never had a thought in my head that this guy might rape me, kill me, or both. He was well spoken and friendly. He reminded me of some of the guys my friends and I used to hang out with. I learned a huge lesson from that experience. It was terrifying. As a woman, we're extremely vulnerable, which is also terrifying. It wasn't until that moment that I realized how vulnerable I was. My point is we need to question everything we see, meet, get in relationships. We need to be aware of our surroundings at all times because you never know when the shit might hit the fan. I see a lot of women who don't pay attention to things that they need to be. Once the internet was born, I searched for rapists, murderers in the area in the 1970s. I never found anything. A lot of old crimes aren't posted on the web. I don't think I was the first person he did this to. His actions just felt like he had done it before. I think the only reason he ran was because there was heavy traffic and a car was bound to stop. Oh, as far as the car that stopped, 
I literally had to run in front of them and almost got hit. I wasn't sure I wanted to get in the car, but I had to get away from there and had no other options. I was also in shock. It was probably a problem for them and it was obvious that they didn't want to help me. They let me in and dropped me off two blocks away, still trembling and crying. They didn't ask me what was wrong. They didn't ask what happened. Didn't offer to call the police or my parents. Nothing. They were silent the whole two blocks until they decided to drop me off. I had to walk another four miles home. Talk about being on the edge. It was maybe 2000 or 2001. My best friend and I were about 12 or 13 years old. We lived in a small town in rural Minnesota, about 2,000 people. Out of our friend group, her and I were the only two that lived out in the country, so we understood the boredom that could ensue, but the fun things that would come out of it. Exploring the woods, running around the cornfields, creating forts, exploring the abandoned house on their property, etc. It was a really fun time for us. One day, we decided to take our bikes and ride down some gravel roads. Her little brother was tagging along. He was probably 9 or 10 at the time. We were riding along, laughing, probably picking on her brother, when we see this old shack in one of the cornfields. At the time, the corn wasn't fully grown, so we were able to see most of it. We decided to explore it because why not? I'm now 33, so bear with my memory. I don't remember much about the outside, but I do remember what I saw inside, and it still gives me the creeps to this day. We peered inside, and the first thing we noticed were posters all over the wall. They were on every wall. There was a different person on every poster, and they looked angry. Some held guns pointed right at you, some were pointing their finger, and it felt like they were pointing right at us, where their eyes trained on us. In the center of the floor was a perfectly painted red circle. My friend and I remember a star in the middle, but her little brother just remembers a circle. As we are staring at this creepy scene, I get the feeling that we're being watched, and not by the posters. I look across the gravel road and into the cornfields across from us. Standing in the middle of the field is a man, just watching us. He's not waving his arms, not yelling at us, just watching. I alert my friend and we look at him together. I give an awkward wave and he continues to just stand there, no wave back. We are significantly creeped, so we jump on our bikes to get away. We are on gravel which isn't easy to ride your bikes on, so it's taking a while to get going. We bike away as I repeatedly turn around to see if he was still there, and he is still watching us. He barely moved and only turned his body slightly to angle in our direction to keep watching. I can't get over how he just appeared in the middle of the field like that. Recently, I've been thinking about this, so my friend and her brother started a group chat. We all shared what we remembered and they basically said everything I did above. What I didn't know was that they went back the next day and everything was gone, even the red paint on the floor. A week later, whoever owned it donated it to the fire department to be burned. I don't know what was going on with that shack. Some thoughts have been the weird rituals, target practice for some militia dude, or just a creepy guy who has poor taste in decor. Whatever it was, it still words me out to this day.
This incident happened in 2018. I'd love to hear if anyone else has had a similar encounter because I've never been able to shake the feeling this individual is a serial predator of some kind. I'm never gonna be able to stop thinking about what happened. My then boyfriend and I were on a road trip during the winter of 2018 and took a day to visit the Petrified Forest National Park in Arizona. For anyone who hasn't been there, you drive down a long road that winds through the landscape and exits at various stops along the way. We were only at maybe our second or third stop when we encountered the creep. This particular stop had a wide parking lot with a handful of large educational signs at either end and a path that leads to an historical site and various vantage points. As we made our way up to the main site, a man came down towards the parking lot. He looked pretty much exactly like Mr. Clean, but in a red t-shirt and jeans. He was also tall, upwards of 6'2". As we passed each other, he muttered something under his breath, though it was clearly intended to get our attention. My boyfriend turned around and asked him what he said, and the man looked at us, almost stunned for a moment, before he seemed to decide to come up with something else to say. He pointed into the distance and asked, What's that over there? All that was over there was some kind of utility box, the road through the park, and desert. We brushed him off and said we didn't know, and turned to continue down the path, when he called out, See you later, pretty girl. There's hardly a woman alive that hasn't had something like that said to her 10,000 times before, but this felt unusually sinister, and it set my nerves on edge. We both decided to just ignore it though, and headed up to the rest of the site. After 15 to 20 minutes of looking around, I finally had to admit to my boyfriend that I felt like we were being watched. He nodded and said, That dude hasn't left. He has been watching us the entire time. From where we were, standing on the hill, we could see the parking lot. I noticed a creep standing near the educational sign that was off on its own at the far edge of the parking lot, but clearly positioned to see up the hill at us. We were bugged by it, but we resolved to not let it ruin our time or to get too bent out of shape about it. We took our time at the stop, shook off the nerves, and by the time we got back to the parking lot, he had gone. We drove another mile or two to the next vantage point, which included a number of petroglyphs on the cliff wall that you could see using binoculars. You have to take a narrow road into the parking lot, which creates a bit of a bottleneck. As we were about to enter, a blue RAV4 pulls out in front of us and blocks us from coming in. It was the same creep. After a few moments of intense eye contact with my boyfriend, who would later say without a trace of exaggeration, felt like this guy wanted to kill him. The guy slowly pulled away and let us enter the lot. He left. So we told ourselves that we were just overthinking it but decided to spend a good long time where we were to let him get well ahead of us so we could stop running into each other. Our next stop, Mile Loop Hike, was, if I remember, about three and a half miles away. We figured we spent a long enough time there that even if this guy was still at our next destination, he would either be close to being done with the hike or leaving by now. Unfortunately, he waited for us. About two miles up the road, we spotted the blue RAV4 pulled up alongside the road. The man was standing next to his car, sort of vaguely looking in the distance. The landscape is beautiful in the park, even though there was nothing especially spectacular about this spot. Maybe he was just taking it all in, away from the crowds. 
As we drove by, I looked behind us. He turned to watch us and stared at our car driving away until we rounded a corner and couldn't see him anymore. When we got to the parking lot and got out to take a hike, we were both feeling rattled. My boyfriend, who normally tolerated creepiness in others to a fault, was shaken by the vibes this guy gave off that he actually stashed this little window-breaking hammer out of his car safety kit in his hoodie pocket just in case we needed something for self-defense. I guess that sounds nuts now, but it's just one of those things we all do to feel a little bit safer when we get creeped out. The hike itself is down at the bottom of this kind of valley. You walk down this steep winding path to the bottom, where the path splits and forms a circuit around this area that includes all these cool little hillocks of painted rocks dotted with petrified wood. We made it all the way down to the bottom of the loop when we noticed the guy up on top of the cliff at the parking lot, looking down our way. We were maybe halfway around the loop when we saw this guy at the base of the hill about to start. We were relieved because we knew that we would be able to get out of there before him this time and felt like we could finally shake him and stop feeling weirded out. For most of this loop, you could see the whole path and the whole hill up to the parking lot. But in the middle of the section of the walk, you're shielded from view behind these little hillocks and different things. When we emerged near the top of the loop, we were still feeling good, but took a quick look to place our creep before we headed back. Before we headed back, we didn't see him anywhere. Maybe he decided not to walk, Maybe he was behind one of the little hills. As we made our way back up the steep path, we noticed him at the top, just waiting by this information sign. Switchback after switchback, he stayed put, apparently intently reading the sign. The closer we got, we noticed he was now holding something. As we got to the top of the path, where we knew we would have to pass within inches of him again, we tightened up, locked arms, and prepared to march right past as quick as we could. Even though lots of people were walking by him, coming and going, he waited for us to cross his path. It turns out that what he had in his hand was a window squeegee and a spray bottle with something in it. As we tried to walk past him, he turned to us and said, Hey, can you help me out? I'm running out of time. And started to hold up the spray bottle and squeegee. My boyfriend was in no mood and said, Nope, leave us alone. As we kept walking, the guy, smiling, replied, Well, fuck you too. Nice ass though. Both of you. And started determinedly following us. He was gaining on us by the time we got to the car, and I barely made it in and locked the door before he was right next to my window, staring in at me. Even though I was freaked the hell out, my gut instinct was just to keep my head down. I didn't want to give him the upper hand, and let him make me cower, so I looked up and stared him right in the eyes. Just thinking about it makes my stomach turn. He was right next to my window, staring in, unblinking, with his hand up in a frozen wave and smiling. When I looked into his eyes, the first thought I had was that he wanted to skin me alive. Sounds completely insane to say, but I think anyone who's ever had an encounter with someone like this will relate. When someone means you harm, there's something that kicks in, and you feel this in a deep, strange way. My boyfriend had the presence of mind to start snapping pictures of this guy, who then moved around the car and tried to keep us from driving away. My boyfriend was revving the engine, trying to get him to move. Didn't work. 
He kept blocking us. So we started inching the car forward. Still didn't move. We tapped him. He stumbled back a little, but kept standing there. Then we noticed there was a family a couple cars over, staring at us. Then the creep noticed too, smiled a nasty smile, and they gave us enough room to get out of our parking spot, and we sped away. As we passed the family, the man in the front seat gave us an encouraging nod. It was sort of like, we saw that. We're watching him. We've got your back. I immediately called the park office and told them what was going on. They sent a ranger to go check out the guy. We headed to Winslow, Arizona and stopped at a bar to have a drink to try to chill out. We were so freaked out that we actually checked the car's tracking device, which also sounds crazy. But it was one of those situations where the vibe the guy was giving off turned the emotions of the events way, way up past what seems normal now. Later that night, we got a call from the ranger who told us they ended up having to arrest the guy for disorderly conduct and asked us to provide a statement of our experience. I've tried to find out more about him or what happened after we left, but we haven't been successful. I'm still curious if this guy sounds familiar to anyone else, especially the weird window washing ploy. We, in all our adrenaline, had all kinds of wacky theories that maybe there was poison in the bottle or the squeegee had a knife hidden in it or something. I'm sure we're overblowing it, but I've never been able to stop a feeling like we dodged a bullet with that guy. I'm a 20-year-old female. This happened yesterday. The more I think about it, the more it freaks me out. I live in the biggest city in my state. This happened when I was walking home from the convenience store. I made my choice to walk to the local store to get some cleaning supplies after dusk, anticipating that I would get back 10 minutes after the sunset for the night. As I was walking home, a man stops me on the street and asked me, Miss, do you know where Magnolia Ave is? As a general rule of thumb, I try to avoid giving directions to men when I'm alone in case it means that they'll have to walk in the same direction as me. So I said, no, sorry, and continued walking. He calls after me and says, do you know where this record store is? I'm new here, so I could use the help. Here's where it starts going wrong. I let it show on my face that I knew where he was meant to be going, and he took three steps towards me and asked again. I was kind of freaked out, so I said, it's in the opposite direction, and they close in 10 minutes. He chuckles and says, I know, gotta hustle I guess, I'll walk with you. The statement threw me off because, if you didn't know anything about the store, how did you know either of those things? We walked for about 10 minutes while he asked me questions about my relationship status, what I do for work, and what kind of drugs I do. We then stop at the corner of my street. He tells me that he lives on the corner building, and that he's willing to give me extra smack for free, and that he wanted to pay for a monthly subscription to my services. He invites me inside no less than 15 times, repeating, Miss, stop acting scared. I'm not a murderer or rapist, so there's nothing to worry about. I told him that I would be waiting outside, scared to leave at that moment, just in case he saw which direction I was walking to get to my house. He kept telling me, There's cameras right there. Nothing's gonna happen if you come in. And stuff he knew about how safe this city was. Things that have happened in the past years in detail in my city, and the aftermath that was not reported by mainstream media. 
Things he would have no idea about if he wasn't spending day in and day out in the city during the aftermath. He continues to tell me, I'm not a rapist, I just think you're gorgeous, and even tries to grab my arm to start pulling me into his building. I told him I would get his number and text him before walking home, 15 minutes longer because of the detour in case he followed me. I don't know what he wanted from me for real, but I'm glad I wasn't naive enough to find out. Now that I'm much older and have my kids, I'm so much more aware of the world we live in. As a teen, I would walk about 10 minutes to my bus stop. One week, I noticed a neighbor, a few houses down from mine, would slowly follow me every morning in his car and would wave at me. Sometimes I'd smile and just keep walking. Now that I think of it, he was probably trying to gain my trust. Anyways, one day he finally stopped me and asked me for directions. He asked where Lewis Street was. I was puzzled because I had seen him drive many times by the street. The street was the main entrance to our neighborhood, so there was no way he didn't know where it was. I said, excuse me? What do you mean? He insisted that he didn't know where it was and if I could get in his car to show him. Right then is when I started walking away from him and towards my bus stop. He continued to follow behind me and tried to get my attention once more. He talked as I walked. Let me give you a ride to your bus stop. I politely said no a couple times, but he kept insisting. Finally, I made it to the corner where the rest of the kids were, and he drove off. After that, he would still follow me, but I would give him no attention and either walk at a much earlier time or walk the opposite way. I don't know if he finally realized I was no fool, but I'm glad I trusted my gut and was not naive enough to get into his car. Who knows what his true intentions were. I think about how lucky I was because that day could have changed my life. Because of this, I refused to let my kids walk. I honestly can't believe it took me till now to write this on here. Basically, a few months ago, in the early summer, two of my friends and I went swimming about an hour away from my town and got back quite late. One of them and I had missed our bus and didn't have the time to wait a half an hour for the next one, so we just took off together as we were heading in the same direction. Everything was chill until about 100 meters from my friend's apartment building when a man suddenly pulled up on the left side of the road, which was the wrong side, seemingly to get closer to us as he looked us right in the eyes as he did so. We both noticed, grabbed each other and walked as fast as possible without actually running. When we got to her building, she told me to text her as soon as I got home. Says I still had a little bit to go, and I power walked the whole way. We might not have been in actual danger, but it was definitely terrifying when it happened, and we were both convinced that we were literally going to get kidnapped right then and there, even though that could definitely be paranoia speaking. This is a true story. It happened when I was in 5th grade. A friend and I grew up less than a block from our elementary school, and we would often walk up the road to the playground so we could play. Now, a small part of the field is brush and woods to separate the school grounds from the homes behind it. One day, while we were walking to the school grounds, we came across a small homeless camp, so we decided to take a look. Unfortunate for us, there was someone there, though as we approached, the person didn't move. We figured that this guy was just conked out and asleep. 
But being so young and comprehending the stranger danger code, my friend and I avoided waking him and continued on. The next morning, the whole section of that part of the school was covered in police tape and there were at least two or three cop cars down at the end of the woods with a small crowd of people. Turns out, that man wasn't sleeping, he was dead. I never found out what happened to him. I went to this gas station down by my house. I go there daily. It was myself and my partner. We drove up with our two doggies, both small wiener dogs. One is five, always alert, a barker. The other one was 11 weeks, super friendly. Once we got there, we parked at the pumps. My boyfriend asked if I wanted anything and went inside. After a couple minutes, a man walked out from the station and went to his gold-colored Malibu right next to me. I was holding my phone, pretending not to be looking. I do this often. I don't like people. My older dog is in the driver window, waiting. She was nip-barking or growling. This guy approaches the window, but is still a distance away, and says, She is so cute. Can I pet her? I replied with, I don't know. She doesn't usually like people, but you can try. He reached towards her. The window was half down. My older dog jumped into the back seat and started barking, which was normal behavior. He then leans into my car halfway and takes her out of my hand. I'm trying to keep a grip, but I didn't want to hurt my dog, so I let go as my boyfriend was finishing up in the gas station. Kind of busy, but I can see him through the window. My puppy begins screeching as soon as he touches her and my hands leave her. She is screaming like she's in pain. I had to adjust myself and he awkwardly shoves her back to me as I was trying to snatch her back and my boyfriend is coming out. He asked who the guy was and I said I don't know. The guy got into his car and drove away. We also drove away and went home. I told my boyfriend that he wanted to pet our other dog but reached, grabbed the puppy and shoved her back real quick. My boyfriend said that that guy was rude to the workers and I'm happy that my puppy was okay. A very quick, scary interaction. When I was nine years old, I was visiting a friend in a tiny town in Texas called Novice. I'm a boy and my best friend were girls and we loved the Spice Girls. We went shopping in a small shop on this quaint main street and we found matching baby blue basketball outfits. We were excited that we found such cute clothes to match with each other. I held the door open for everyone on the way out and at the last moment an old man with white hair and a happy smile walked out too. He said I must need to cool down and he held a perspiring soda can to my forehead to cool me off. It was pretty weird and I didn't like it but I said thank you. He turned around to wave you're welcome and twisted his ankle, falling so his neck hit the edge of the sidewalk. He started to go into a full-on seizure and was foaming at the mouth and shaking. My friend's mom hurriedly sat me down in her brown suburban so I couldn't see anything else. I had a real out-of-body feeling and all I could do was sit there, alone and scared. I did take one look outside the car and I saw a small ambulance pulling up. When I was old enough, my best friend finally told me that he had died. 
Before Facebook Marketplace became an easy way to buy and sell things, I would always look for deals on Craigslist. I had bought several things without any problems until one day I had a creepy experience. Being in my early 20s and still living with my parents, I had a part-time job and bought things I wanted on Craigslist since I never really cared about buying brand new things and definitely did not want to pay full price, especially if I could find a good deal on fairly new things. I was planning a girl's trip with my friends and wanted a good camera to take so I could capture beautiful pictures. So I started my search on Craigslist for a used but good quality camera. I asked about several different ones but they were either out of my price range or already sold. I came across this one that said $300 or buyer's best offer. It was an older digital Canon model and appears to be in great shape from the photos. My parents owned a non-digital one that I could use and still take pictures with, but this one was obviously better. After emailing back and forth, he was willing to go down to $150. He asked me for all my information like name, address, email, bank information for wire transfer. That should have been my first red flag. I responded that I don't give out my personal information, but since this area is local and is not too far from me, I'd be willing to meet him and pay in cash. After he didn't respond for several days, I thought to myself, this was probably fraud. So I decided to continue my search as I was determined to find a camera. Still having no luck, I suddenly received an email back from the guy stating that he was willing to meet up and exchange the money for the camera. This wasn't my first rodeo and I knew to meet up in the daytime in a public parking lot. I was stoked and asked for his availability. We decided to meet up on a Sunday at 4pm in the parking lot of a shopping center. That Sunday came and I was so excited and could not wait to have that new used camera to play with. It was a gloomy cold day. It looked like it was going to rain. I remember wearing blue jeans and a long sweater. I went to the bank and pulled out $160 and then drove to the parking lot of our destination. I arrived 15 minutes early as I didn't want him waiting on me. I sat in my car with a heater on, listening to music. I waited in the parking lot for about 45 minutes for him to show, but nothing. I sent him a message asking if he was on his way. No reply. I came to realize that I was being played and he wasn't going to show. It was starting to get late and with it being already ugly outside, I didn't feel comfortable being alone meeting in the dark. As I'm about to back up, what looks to be a dark green van pulled up in front of me. The van was so old looking and the paint was chipping off. I sat there for a minute thinking that it could be the guy, but he just stayed in his van looking at me and not getting out of his car. By this time, all these questions started going through my head. Was it him? Should I get out of the car? I said to myself, yeah right, you're crazy. What if he grabbed you and threw you in the van? Admittedly, I have watched way too many Lifetime movies, and being only 100 pounds, there's no way I'm getting out of my car. I continued to put my car in reverse and drove off. As I got on the freeway, I noticed a vehicle close behind me. At first, I didn't think much of it other than, why would you drive so close to someone in such bad weather? But as I exited the freeway, so did the vehicle. This could be a coincidence, and maybe I'm just paranoid. I couldn't really tell what kind of car it was since it was dark and all I could see was the bright headlights. I did however notice that it didn't have a front license plate. Was this the same van in the parking lot? 
I kept looking back in my rearview mirror as I passed through the green lights, hoping that the car would turn, but it was still behind me. I turned my right turn signal on to switch lanes, and so did the car. In a panic, I knew I had to keep driving and not go straight to my house. I didn't want them to know where I live if they were really following me. I tried to speed up to get through the yellow light in hopes that they would get stuck at a red, but as I ran the red light, I just knew that they were following me and I really suspected that it was the van from the shopping center. I had to lose them. Luckily, my parents live in a community where there's a lot of turns different ways that will eventually lead me back to my house. I passed the turn to my street and kept going straight, planning to turn left ahead. I quickly turned, and so did they. I know it was a residential area, and I should have been driving slow, but I sped up to try to lose them. Took so many different turns, left, right, straight, I eventually lost sight of them. About a few minutes later, as I was speeding up the hill, the van was heading down the hill. The man stared straight into my eyes as we passed each other. It looked like he had a grin on his face. At that moment, I knew it was the man from the parking lot. My hands were shaking on the steering wheel, and I had the thought that I needed to lose him before he turns around. I sped up the hill and made a sharp left turn, then another left, driving all the way down another hill. I kept staring in my mirrors to make sure he didn't catch up to me. Then I made a right turn, getting closer to my house. I could feel my heart beating faster. Pulling up to my house, I kept hitting the clicker to my garage door so it would open. As it was almost open, I drove up my driveway so quickly into my garage, closing it so fast behind me. I turned off my car waiting there for a few minutes, trying to catch my breath. I got out of my car shaking like crazy and stand there still, trying to see if I can hear the van coming up my street. Nothing. All I heard was crickets. I walked inside and sat down on my couch. Since that day, I have never used Craigslist again. So this happened a little over three years ago, and my life has been in shambles ever since. For context, I'm a 23-year-old female, and I had just turned 21 when this happened. I had recently gotten out of a two-year relationship. By just, I mean I had been 100% single for about nine months. Not even a single date in that entire time. Back then, my friends were kind of teasing me to get back in the dating scene, and after a few weeks of that, I thought, why not? Now, I wasn't looking for anything serious, as I was busy with school and work, but didn't mind having a little fun and going out on a few dates here and there. My friends suggested I sign up for Tinder, so I got my profile set up, added my corny little hobbies and a picture of me, which looked nice, but not something that I would think would attract creeps. So a few days go by. I swiped, got matches, casually chatted with a few guys. It was fun and seemed to be going pretty well. That was until I met Sean. Sean seemed to be the perfect dude. He had a good job, owned his own condo, and was also pretty good looking. I quickly took an interest in him, and he took an interest in me. Honestly, I never thought I would like someone that I never met in person, but I was starting to. So we continued to message or talk every day. By then, I had given him my phone number. He had also asked me out for a drink three or four times, but I was worried, nervous, and hadn't been on a first date in years. So I kept blowing him off with excuse after excuse. 
He seemed patient with me, which made me feel like it was safe, as well as a good idea to get to know him on a different level. I finally broke out of my shell, and we agreed to meet up at a small local pub, a few blocks away from my apartment. Although I was out of my shell, I didn't want him to pick me up, so I said I would meet him over there. It was only about a 7-10 to 10 minute walk, so I decided that would be my best option. The night came. I was nervous, to the point that I was thinking about canceling it altogether and hiding under a rock. I wish I would have. Anyways, I get to the pub about 10 minutes before we agreed to meet. As I'm sitting there, I notice two kind of dirty looking dudes in their 20s staring at me. I kind of brush it off as we are in a bar. I wait there for 20 minutes and he hasn't showed up at this time and I get a little annoyed about him being late and those two guys. I message him asking if he was almost there and I kid you not, one of the dirty dudes phone buzzes in that exact moment. I'm paranoid at this point but I'm telling myself that it's just a coincidence. But then I see that the message is read and he's typing a response all while the dude is also typing. I'm still thinking it's a coincidence but I definitely have my guard up. He messaged me telling me that he's a little late and he'll be there soon. Same thing happens when I reply. Dude's phone buzzes and he reads the message. At that point, I know I'm not being paranoid. I'm being catfished and by two creeps. I text him saying that I'm going to get something out of my car. He didn't know I walked there. I walk out the door, trying to act casual, as if I was really going to my car to get something. But I don't think they bought it. As I'm about 300 feet away from the bar, I turn around and I see them both exiting, walking in my direction. This is when I know that they're definitely after me and that I better make it to my house before they get me. So I take a shortcut through an alley. I know, going through an alley while someone's following you is not a good idea, but there's a lot of cars in there and other small alleys for me to duck into if I see them running towards me. So I'm halfway home and I'm walking pretty fast and then I see them emerge in the alley. They must have been in the alley for a while but I hadn't seen them yet. Anyways, I'm able to make it home safe. I lock my doors, I go up into my room and look out the window and I see them walking by but not looking at my house or anything. So I'm glad I lost them. Anyways, I don't know what these guys wanted but this scared the shit out of me and I haven't been on a dating app ever since. I'm telling my story mainly to warn people, be careful on dating apps, you never know who you're talking to, and always trust your gut. If I hadn't been observant and trusted my gut, I might have had a few more beers, and at that point, anything could have happened. After taking several months for myself, coming out of a six year relationship, who I had been with throughout my high school years. I decided it was time to put myself out there and start casually dating. I was really unsure how to meet people and decided to create a profile on a free dating site. I created a profile, uploaded my personal interest and my photo. For a few weeks I had no luck until I got a message. Hello gorgeous, how are you doing today? I see that we have a lot in common and would love to get to know you. After reading his message I checked his profile and realized we did have a lot in common. At first, we started messaging back and forth for several days. We had so much in common and so much to learn about each other. 
we decided to exchange numbers and we text constantly throughout the day. I would get butterflies reading his messages as he was so smooth and had his way with his words. I thought to myself, this is too good to be true. Am I being catfished? Is he really who he says he is? Is he married? After a while, he would talk to me on the phone and we would even video chat so I at least knew the picture was him. He wanted to meet face to face, but even though we had some amazing conversations, I really wasn't ready to meet him in person yet. He kept bringing it up and pressuring me to meet up. Finally, I said, okay, let's meet in the park. I figured since it was a crowded public place, what could go wrong? I remember the day like it was yesterday. The sky was clear and the sun was out. It was a beautiful day outside. I wore a romper with these sunflowers. I was sitting on the bench waiting for him to arrive. As I look up from my phone, I see him walking across the parking lot. He was gorgeous. He had beautiful dark brown slick back hair and bright blue eyes. After an awkward side hug, we sat down and talked. He sure knew how to make a girl feel special. It was a perfect day. We spent hours at the park hanging out and talking. It was starting to get late and chilly outside, and I said I would have to leave because I was getting cold and hungry. He quickly shouted, no. I was stunned at first, but didn't think too much of it. I said I was hungry and ready to go. He said, let's get something to eat then. I thought, um, sure, okay, why not? Let's drive separate since we have our own cars. I told him to follow me and that I'll take him to the best taco shop around. Pulling up to the taco shop, we decided to order our food and then go sit outside as it had a little fire pit and other heaters. As we were eating outside, it became very windy. We grabbed our food and sat in my car. I was eating a burrito and dropped some sauce on my shirt. I reached in the bag to grab a napkin only to realize that they didn't give us any. I told them that I would be right back and that I was going to get us napkins. As I was walking back to my car, I noticed he had his phone in his hand and was looking through my glove compartment. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, looking for a napkin. Not thinking anything suspicious, I said. Here, I told you I went to go get some. It was getting late and I had to work in the morning. We said our goodbyes and drove off. Pulling up to my house, I got a text from him saying, I had a good time tonight. I replied, me too. Good night. The next morning, I wake up to several texts on my phone. Do you want to hang out again? What are you wearing? Can I come and lay with you? Hello? Hello, are you there? Why are you not texting me back? I found this very strange and replied, Sorry, I passed out and my phone was on silent. I get up and start getting ready and I hear my phone going off. I look at it. Hello, beautiful. I was running late, so I put my phone down and finished getting ready so I can leave for work. I got another message saying, Hope you're having a good day. I replied, Thanks, you too. It was a busy workday with meetings and projects, and I had left my phone at my desk. Finally getting a break, I went to my desk and sat down. I got my phone out, and I kid you not, there were 30 messages. What are you doing? How's work going? Do you want to hang out after? I guess after getting no replies to his messages, he aggressively said, Hello? Why are you not texting me back? At this point, I knew something was off. I ignored him and continued working. It was a long day and getting late, with the text messages keep coming in. I replied, Sorry, busy work day. I had no free time. 
What's up with all these crazy text messages? Oh, I was just worried because you didn't answer. I told him that I was exhausted and going home and was going straight to sleep and that I would talk to him tomorrow and to have a good night. Laying in bed that night, I was thinking to myself, why was he starting to be so possessive? Yeah, we talked a lot, but it's been one date. That's not what I want for myself, nor did I need the drama. I had just started being myself again, and I was not going to let some crazy guy hold me down. So I decided I was going to break it off with him the next morning. Little did I know what was coming my way. I woke up the next morning only to find my phone having a gazillion missed calls, voicemails, and text messages. At this point, I was furious. I sent him a text saying that it's not going to work out. I'm sorry, but I can't be with someone who blows up my phone just because I didn't come to my phone at every given moment. Well, that was a mistake. The thing just got a whole lot worse for me. He called me immediately, but I ignored it. Calling back over and over again, I decided to turn my phone off so I could focus on my job. After several hours of my phone being off, I turned it back on, only to receive more messages. Why aren't you picking up? You can't run from me. I demand you speak to me. Talk to me. I am sorry. If you don't talk to me, I will go to your job. At this point, I started freaking out. I called my best friend, and she could hear it in my voice that something was wrong. Does he know where you work? No, I never told him where I worked. He just knows what I do for work. Does he know where you live? No, we met up in a park. She insisted I block his number, so I did just that. A few days go by and nothing. I finally start to relax and put it all behind me until one day after work. It was getting dark, but it still had enough light outside to see. I walk up to my car to get in, only to find a note attached to my windshield. I looked around, got in my car, and opened the note. It said, you can't ignore me forever. I quickly locked my doors and drove off. I didn't see anyone in plain sight. I thought to myself, was someone messing with me? As I drove home, frightened, I kept looking in my rearview mirrors to see if someone was following me. As I got to my apartment, I parked under my carport, which was wide open. I grabbed my purse and darted inside, locked the doors behind me, and closed the blinds. I was sitting in the dark waiting to see if I hear anything. What am I doing? Am I freaking myself out? I turned on the TV, trying to relax, and ended up falling asleep on my couch. I woke up to the sound of the doorknob jiggling at 2am. I sat up on my couch, thinking it was a dream. Then I hear three loud bangs. I jumped up terrified. Sitting there paralyzed, I couldn't move, as I was in shock. After sitting there for what felt like hours, but was probably only a few minutes, I got off the couch and looked through the peephole, but there was no one there. Scared out of my wits, I went back to my couch, kept the TV and lights on. The next morning, as I walked out of my door to leave for work, I noticed my door was unlocked. I stood in my doorway for minutes, thinking how did my door get unlocked? Did I forget to lock it? Did someone get in last night? Confused, I took my keys out and locked my door. As I drove off to work, I couldn't stop thinking about the door. As I arrived to work, I walked into my office and my phone was starting to go off with text messages from my unknown number. I missed you. It was so good to see you last night. I told you we would see each other again. Messages were still coming in, but this time, he sent photos. Photos of me sleeping on my couch. 
I literally let out a scream and dropped my phone, shaking, and with the help of my coworker, I dialed 911. As I waited for the police to arrive, I sat there horrified, wondering how he got in. How did I not hear the door open? Was I dead asleep? Was it because I left the TV on? Was he just that good at sneaking into homes? Why did I not have a dog? All these thoughts going through my head. Once they arrived, they took my statement, me giving them a detailed description of the guy. They asked if I had somewhere to stay that night. I said yes, I could stay at my friend's. They escorted me to my house so I could pick up a few things, then to my friend's house. I thanked the officers and walked inside. Sitting on my friend's couch, my friend and I discussed the scary situation, and I decided to take myself out of the situation. I changed my number, email, deleted the dating app, even broke my lease on the apartment. I decided to move into my parents' house until things calmed down. I never heard from the guy again. Oh, and that's the last time I ever tried online dating. Trigger warning before this story for brief sexual assault. I'm a 29-year-old non-binary person. I'm an autistic, introvert, and hate being touched. When this happened, I was 20. I grew up in a small town in southwest Ohio. I had just gotten back from my uncle's house in Oklahoma. I have horror stories about him too, but anyways. I was on meetme.com before it was myyearbook.com, and that was before Facebook, but after MySpace. While I was lonely and just started surfing to see who caught my eye, I got a message from a dude on the meetup app. We hit it off online. It took me about a month before I actually decided to meet him. He messaged me one day and asked if we could meet. After I gave it a bit of thought, I agreed. My problem is that I didn't have a license or a car, so my only other option besides walking was taking my brother's bike. I went through my contacts and even asked my dad. All attempts were met with a no, even though I had $10 on me for gas. So, as I was on my way to his house, stupid, I know, I was about halfway there when I got the shock of my life. I was riding on one side of the main road going through town. I hit a sewer drain and somehow my front tire got lodged in the sewer grates and sent me flying over the handlebars. Luckily, there weren't any oncoming cars coming at the time, but the folks across the street and the passing drivers had a good laugh. I, however, did not. Well, he turned out to be a jerk because he had a car but refused to drive me home. When I offered gas money, suddenly his car had all these problems. Before I had left, I asked my friend to pick me up from his house when I called from his Wi-Fi. I was broke and I couldn't pay for phone service. Keep that in mind. It was time to call my friend. I called once, no answer. Called again, no answer. I called a third time and she finally answered, only to tell me that she was busy and I had to wait an hour before she could get me. I waited the entire hour, uncomfortable because of his behavior towards me and was trying to go somewhere I didn't want it to go. His behavior started getting more erratic and threatening. I said that, it's about time I head out soon, cause it's gonna get dark. He begged me to stay. I called the friend again, hoping that she would say that she's on her way, or that I'll be here soon, but no answer. So I just decided to start walking. 
I was devastated. I knew the walk was going to be long and difficult, and I couldn't ride the bike. I decided that I would have to leave my brother's bike behind. Well, about 13 miles into my walk home, I checked my phone to see what time it was. It was 7.30. It was about to get dark. This black F-150 stops and asks me if I need a ride. He seemed nice, but I'm naive at times and miss red flags, even though they're smacking me right in the face. There were no other vehicles on the road at the time, so we sat there for a few minutes while I decided. When I finally agreed to get into his truck, I noticed a tire iron on the floorboard. This is important to the story. He was heavy set with short black hair, thin framed glasses, and a mustache. He wore a gray shirt with blue jeans and brown boots. He started with the typical questions like, What's your name? How old are you? Then he asked if I was single. I replied matter-of-factly that I was walking home from my then-boyfriend's house. We got about 4.5 miles from the place where my family lived when he went on a rant on how women nowadays are too easy and will just fuck anybody with a dick. He reached over into my spaghetti strap shirt under my bra, grabbed my breast and started rubbing it. I froze. He stopped and went into my sweatpants. At this point, I'm trying to come up with a way to get away from this man and then remember the tire iron that was by my feet. I asked if I could please have a cigarette. He said yes, so I set my backpack down between my legs on the floorboards to make it look like I was going to look for a cigarette. The backpack was slightly on top of the tire iron. I grabbed it and said, if you don't stop this truck, I'll make us wreck. He still didn't stop driving. I was thoroughly pooping myself at this point. I swung my arm backwards and busted his back window out and screamed at him to stop the truck. He was screaming at me and cussing me out, calling me all sorts of colorful terms. He slammed on the brakes and I hopped out of the truck and ran behind the truck to the left side of the road. Again, more stupidity. Where we stopped was a part of a national reserve that I happened to know quite well. You may be asking yourself, why didn't I run the other way? Well, on that side of the road was a bit of a fence and land and had a gate that was always locked. Anyways, I ran towards the woods that headed towards my family's house. I knew that if I didn't get home soon, that I was going to get lost in the dark woods. I was much bigger than I am now and I was sweating heavily, so I needed a few breaks. My heart was pounding so hard and it was hard for me to catch my breath. I swore that every little noise was him about to grab me. I made it home after an hour of trekking through the woods. I told my family what happened and they shrugged it off like normal. It made me feel very invalidated. My family has never been a source of comfort or safety. Just another reason why I don't trust anyone anymore. When I calmed down and cooled off, I decided to confront my so-called friend. I was looking in the parking lot for her van. She was home. I knocked on her door and confronted her, and she finally came clean. She said that she was home the whole time. I told her what happened, and she didn't care at all. I was really hurt and furious with everyone in my life at that point. I haven't talked to her since. To my so-called friend and the dirty old man, thank the gods, I'll never meet either of you ever again. I live in a city with a public transportation system. 
They have been extremely short-staffed, and more often than not, you have to call to make sure that your bus is coming. On weekdays, during business hours, the public transit operator will order a lift for you to get you to work if the bus isn't showing up, or if they're short a driver. Tuesday, I'm at my bus stop. After checking multiple times if my bus is coming, I find out that it wasn't. They ordered me a lift and that was nice. An older gentleman was my driver. We had a casual conversation and he started to ask personal questions. I'm a bartender and I'm super friendly already, so I didn't think his questions were ill-intended. I told him I'm not married and that I'm pretty much a loner. That I basically go to work and then home and spend time with my family. He says, I'd marry you in a heartbeat. Again, I'm just thinking he's being funny or nice. I asked him to drop me off at the downtown grocery so that I could pick up some things I needed for work. When we stopped, he said he was joking and that he was married and had a son my age. He asked if I was interested in maybe meeting him. Since I have a terrible track record, I figured it wouldn't hurt meeting someone out of my circle and comfort zone and gave the man my number and we parted ways. The next morning, he texted me and asked me if I needed a ride to work. I told him that he didn't have to do that and that I was sure that my bus was running. He said it would be his pleasure and that he would pick me up at my house around 3pm. Then about an hour later, he asked if I wanted to have lunch with him before work. I told him that I was already busy and that I couldn't do that. He said okay, see you at 3. He showed up at 3 and lets me know that he's outside. While I'm finishing getting my things together, I open the door and he starts walking up the stairs to my house. I told him I was ready and we could head downtown. When I get in the back seat, he turns around and says he has a confession. He told me from the time I took off my mask, his heart danced like a butterfly. He said he hasn't been able to stop thinking about me since the day before and that he wanted to spend time with me and that he'd pay for my time if I spent a day with him. That's when I started feeling super uncomfortable. The whole ride was making me cringe, but I know when you're in a situation like that with a predator, playing nice is safer than freaking out. He continued on the entire ride about how he loved me at first sight and how he wanted to make me his Lebanese queen. As we got closer downtown, I started to feel relief. He dropped me off at my hotel and said that he'll see me tomorrow. That evening at work, I checked my phone after a busy happy hour. He had texted me a couple of times. He sent me a picture of the hotel and said that he would wait for me to get off work to give me a ride home. I told him I already have a ride, but thank you anyways. Fast forward to Thursday morning. I'm out running errands with my mom and sister. He texts me, How early can I come pick you up? Because I can't stop thinking about you. I asked him to please stop and that I was with my family. He continued to text me all day and evening, begging to see me, telling me that his heart was aching to see his Lebanese queen. I just kept saying stop. Friday morning, the shit hit the fan. He tells me that he loves me no matter what. He said, I told my wife about you, and that I'm in love with you, and I want a divorce. I told him please don't do that, and it wasn't right to treat his wife that way. He said, It's not your fault. We're drifting apart anyways. Then he said, I'm picking you up for dinner at 5.30 and I'm not taking no for an answer. I ignored the messages during the day and just went about my day off. 
Around 5.25, my video doorbell rings and he's standing on my porch for at least 15 minutes. I told him that I wasn't home and that he should leave. He continues to text me and begs to come pick me up from my parents. I was at home the whole time, but I was too scared to let him know that. I eventually called the non-emergency police, but he had already left by the time I got through. I filed a general report, but technically they can't do anything unless he's standing on my porch threatening me. They advised me to report it through Lyft though, so I did. Haven't heard anything since, but that shit was just creepy as fuck. Come on, open up please. Be sweet. Don't disappoint me please. Yeah. Come on, hon, please open up. I know you're in there. Trigger warning for this story for sexual assault. There's timestamps to skip if you feel like doing so. Firstly, for reference, I was a 17-year-old female at the time of the story. Okay, so about three years ago, I went on holiday with my boyfriend and his family. Long hot days at the beach, exploring the cities, swimming in the ocean. But I'm thinking of one particular night. My boyfriend and I had hung out with his stepsister most of the holiday. She was a year younger than us and likes getting drunk. Despite the fact that she annoyed us by following us all the time, we still hung out with her. So this one night, she suggests we go and find a club. I state that her and I are not old enough and only my boyfriend could get in. But nonetheless, we were walking to the other side of the island to go to this club. We're all pretty drunk. I fell over several times during this journey. So we finally get to the club, only to see all the people leaving it. We hadn't realized that it was 2am and it looks like the club had just closed. A bit disappointed, we looked to a McDonald's and I suggest that we refuel there. I go inside and order, but tell my boyfriend and the stepsister that I need some air. I go outside for a cigarette. I'm smoking when a black car pulls up into a taxi spot on the road. I have the idea that we might as well take a taxi back. I'm hurting from falling down and still am very drunk. How much for a taxi to the Bay Hotel? I asked him. 10 euros, he replied. Now, the problem was, we only had 5 euros left. I said to this man, please, will you drive us for 5? We're from the UK and we don't know here very well. So the man says, for you, 5 euro. My boyfriend and stepsister come out of McDonald's with the food and they see me talking to this man. I tell them he's a taxi man and that he's taking us back. The taxi man is surprised to see them and says he didn't know I was with friends, but come on, hop in. We're all about to get into the car, me and the stepsister in the back, boyfriend in front, when the man requests I sit in front. I had wanted to sit in the front anyway, and me being very drunk and stupid, please forgive me for my lack of intelligence in the story. I decided to just comply and go in the front, despite my boyfriend's protest. So, for the first part of the journey, everything's good. We're chatting and laughing together. 
and the taxi man is joining in. We have music on the radio, and I'm looking out the window at the wonderful oceanside views. Plus, the cool air is nice on my hot, drunken face. We all continue chatting away, and the taxi man is being friendly, asking us questions about the UK, and just generally making conversation. We all continue laughing and chatting away, and he takes my hand. His right hand is on the wheel. Bear in mind, this man is probably in his 50s, very chatty, so I thought nothing of it. He was just being friendly. Throughout our conversation, he's holding my hand every now and then. I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable, but shrug it off, but it progresses. He placed my hand on his thighs, holding it tight in his hand. I move over on my seat away from him, but he keeps my hand there. I turned around and see the stepsister. She mouths, Are you okay? I nod, because the man had now let go of my hand. She then whispers something to my boyfriend, and they go quiet for a minute. Seeing as he let go, the conversation continues. I can see that we're getting closer to our hotel, and I'm wishing for us to be there quickly. The man takes my hand again. This time, he places it on my thigh. He's holding my hand tightly. I'm very vulnerable at this point. I'm wearing a short, tight vest dress. I immediately clamp my legs together. I am now silent. I froze. My boyfriend notices and says, Mate, take your hands off her now. The man laughs and says, Friendly, I'm being friendly. He continues to keep his hand on my thigh. At this point, my boyfriend and her are telling him to stop it and pull over, but he just says that we are close to the hotel now. I feel sick. The alcohol is creeping up my stomach and throat. The man is still grasping my hand and he moves further at my thigh. I'm completely stiff at this point, knowing that if I even let my legs relax, even in the slightest, things would escalate. But they did anyway. He guided my hand up and when one of his fingers he touched me. I don't need to say where, because you already know. I stare out the window and I'm begging for the car to stop, and luckily, it does. I jump out of the car, and my boyfriend and her are looking at me. He touched me. My boyfriend races over to the driver's window, shouting and screaming at him, but the man speeds off very fast, and as he does, my boyfriend kicks his number plate, and we see it dent. We go back into the hotel, needless to say, I drink more. The next morning we are going on a boat trip and my boyfriend's family are asking if I'm okay after hearing what happened. I said yes because it's true. It's over now. Could have gone a lot worse and I hope I'll never see him again. We leave the hotel lobby and that's when I see them. Taxis. White. Taxi signs on top of them pulled into the taxi ranks and I head over to one. Excuse me, I say to the taxi man. Are all the taxis white here? Yes, he says. The only taxi colors are white, with a sign on the top. I feel my insides churning. So let me reiterate this. A 50-year-old man thought me, a 17-year-old, was alone and pretended to be a taxi service to get me in the car. Creepy taxi predator. Please let's not meet again. I'm a 25 year old female. One day I had to get a lift from work. The driver was a normal looking dude in his 30s or so. 
We made normal conversation for the first few minutes about work and such. Then he randomly said something like, Lyft and Uber can be pretty unsafe for young women. Uh, instant alarm bells. And how he said it, trying to pass it off in a normal conversation tone, but still could hear the creepiness behind it. He started driving really fast and I got even more freaked, but tried not to give him the satisfaction of showing it. He started going on a tirade about other female riders that he had had and how they were stupid for forgetting stuff or how they were chatty about dumb stuff like makeup and that I seemed smart and friendly and different. He seemed like he was trying to hide his anger for women in general. I was just replying to him trying to make it out okay. After 15 long minutes of him speeding we're finally at my home. I get out of the car. And that's when I process what just happened and my brain gives me permission to finally freak out. I feel shaken and report him. I doubted myself at first because he was really trying to pass it off as just a normal conversation. Lyft investigated it and a month or so later I get a random one star rating on my writer profile. I'm guessing it was him wanting to get me back. Creepy Lyft driver, let's not meet again and Lyft was wrong for letting you go back on. I'm a 32 year old female. I was in an Uber last night and I admit I was quite drunk as I had a few beers. I ordered an Uber then climbed in when the driver arrived. As I was quite drunk I sort of dozed off a bit. However I then noticed that we were going the wrong way. Not that he turned down a different road but he was driving in the opposite direction. I started to freak out and he basically laughed at me and was like I'm trying to get you home. I'm not going to charge you more. And then he turned his car around. It should have been about a 10 minute trip, but took a half an hour. Honestly, if I hadn't noticed then, where the fuck was he going? As a woman, it really creeps me out. I'm gonna put a complaint into Uber, but honestly, I'm not expecting any outcome from it. This was the first time I ever felt unsafe from an Uber ride. So to start this off, I'm a practicing pagan. I've been since around May of 2019. My best friend, let's call them M, is as well. So we were using a paid traveling service to go to a local shop of religious items and the driver that was taking us was extremely talkative. Eventually he starts pestering us wanting to know what the place we were going to is. I tell him it's a shop for religious studies and he asked if it's for Christians. I tell him it's for everybody, no matter what religious background. He eventually decides to ask me what my favorite religion is. Immediately, I become uncomfortable, because based on his question about Christians earlier, I have a feeling as where this is going. I tell him, I don't have a favorite, but I'm pagan, because I don't want to lie about my faith. As I responded, he starts to slow down the car. We're on a very quiet street, so small that the road itself was made out of red bricks, rather than tar. He then asked, So you don't believe in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? My heart was literally thumping. Every single alarm I have is blaring, telling me that Emma and I need to get the hell out of this car. I tell him that I don't worship him as a religious figure, but I do believe in the historical documentation that he was alive. 
he begins to turn his head and I could just see M in the seat next to me internally freaking the hell out. Then, like a literal miracle, these men burst out of their house that the car had basically stopped in front of to hang dry their clothes. The driver immediately started the car up and sped away towards our destination. As we pulled up, he began to ask us how long we were going to take in the store. He told us, I could just take you back home so you won't have to pay for another ride. But we told him that it would be more than likely a few hours until we finished up. He said okay, but looked almost irritated. After we went in the store, he stayed in the parking lot for a good 30 to 40 minutes. We watched him for a while, and then we went to do our shopping. Halfway through, we realized he still hadn't left. We let the store owner know, and then called my grandmother to give us a ride home. I'll never forget the alarms that blared in my head that day. He was strange in the beginning, but obviously got more weird when all that started up. I don't care if you believe me when I say this, but I'm extremely intuitive and my intuition was telling me that this man wanted to hurt us. So, I ordered an Instacart last night, contactless, and the shopper had some concerning behavior towards me. When he arrived at my place, he proceeds to drop my food outside my door and then hangs around outside my door for about 15 to 20 minutes. I could hear him pacing back and forth. He was trying to make conversation with me through the door. I was home alone and very worried. After that, he jerks my reef off the door so loudly that it sounded like he was trying to break in. After he pulled the wreath off the door, he tried to pull the hook off the door. I screamed, and he still tried to have a conversation with me through the door. I don't know what to think. I'm a 22-year-old female. I'm a delivery shopper and mostly work nights because that's when most orders are available and I generally only accept orders in the zone closest to my home. One night, I decided I wanted to do one last order with a delivery window between 10 and 11 p.m., but there weren't any available in my usual zone, so I figured I would just pick up one on the other side of the town to close out my day. During my shop, there were a lot of things on this customer's list that were out of stock, and he had specified in his account that he would like to be contacted in that situation. I was shopping for him for about 30 to 40 minutes and sent him probably 10 different texts about things that needed to be substituted. I did not receive an answer, so I decided to reach out to him one last time, letting him know what was happening. He finally told me to use my best judgment, to which I replied no problem. Fast forward to having all of his items bagged and in my car. I sent him a text letting him know I'm headed his way and that I'll be there in about 15 minutes, as I do for all my customers. I get to his street, and it's already not in the best part of town, which I didn't know before accepting the order, since I hadn't been over this way since I live where I do now. I'm thinking, okay, no problem. I'll just make it a quick drop-off and get back home. When I get to his house, the driveway is completely on the left side of the house, and there's a porch on the right corner that leads to the front door. So I can't see the door from the driveway, and nobody could see that I was in the driveway if they were at the door. 
I can see that there are multiple porch lights as well as lights around the house leading up to the door, but none of them are turned on. Now mind you, I've already told this person I was on my way, gave him my estimate timeline, and pressed a button in the app to notify him that I had arrived. I'm feeling a knot in my stomach and my hair standing up a bit. Before I get out of my car, I send a text to my boyfriend, whom I live with, telling him I was feeling real uncomfortable about the situation and the house was really creeping me out. If he didn't hear from me telling him I was on my way home, then something is wrong. This person ordered a lot of stuff and it was just me doing the delivery, so it took me three separate trips to the porch and back to get everything out. I grabbed as much as I could the first trip, went up to the porch and set the groceries by the door, went back to my car for the next load without knocking and making minimum noise. When I get to the porch to drop off my second load, I got up to the second step before looking to make sure I could see where I was going in the dark and realized that the front door was now open and there was a man standing there staring at me. He also didn't have any lights on inside the house, aside from what looked like a single light fixture three rooms away, so there was just a faint back glow behind him and I could only see his silhouette, none of his face or whatever he was wearing. Shocked, I blurted out, Hello, how are you? He stood there and said nothing, didn't reach for the bags, just looked at me. I dropped his bags off, went back to the car for the last set of groceries, and didn't even make it back up all his porch steps before dropping his groceries and turning around to run to my car because the man was still standing in the doorway looking at me. I didn't get tipped on that order, but I like to consider the fact that I made it home that night as my tip. Needless to say, haven't shopped in the area ever since. As a young woman who lives alone, I tend to be cautious when it comes to who I open my door for. One evening some time ago, I ordered some food, and per usual, I requested it to be left outside, as I prefer no contact. So when the guy shows up, he has a problem finding the right place, and I go out to get the food. I get bad vibes from him quickly. He waits a few seconds before he hands over the food, and while doing so, he looks me up and down. Then he says, Bet you live alone because you didn't order that much. He said this in a joking way, but I just said nah, then went off into my home and locked the door twice. I was a bit creeped out already and decided to peek outside to see if he left. He hadn't. The delivery dude stood there for a good couple of minutes, checking his phone a bit and also just standing around. He leaves and I relax. Then comes the first call. I can only hear a very slight breathing on the other side. No one is speaking and I hang up. Then there's a text. Why can't I come over to kiss you? Another call. No one's speaking. I check out the number from the delivery app and of course, it's a creepy delivery dude. Another text asking if I want company tonight. So I blocked the number and tried to contact the delivery company. No luck there. Then I'm getting calls from a hidden number and it's the same thing. No one is speaking on the other side. Now I'm terrified, so I called the police of course. They showed up pretty quickly and I showed them everything. They took my statement and went on their way. After they left, I didn't get any more calls or texts, but I'm still wary of the delivery dude. Edit. 
I did get in contact with the delivery service the next day and told them what happened. By then, I had already contacted the police. I asked how this could happen and the only explanation I received was that the app requires a number to be registered and that this person most likely just took it from there. They apologized and said that they would deal with it, whatever that meant. I have no idea how or why this guy used the delivery phone for some late night harassment. I was at a smaller anime convention in full cosplay. Not as an attractive, cute, sexy character. Not that that matters, but it's helpful for context. I was with my best friend at the time, Jan, and I had been taking photos with people and posing for photos from my social media as a cosplayer the whole morning. This was the first day of the convention, so everyone was just excited to be seeing all the cosplays and going through the vendors and artist alleys to see if there was any merch worth grabbing before Saturday crowds took all the good stuff. Lunchtime arrives and Jan and I are both starving after all of the excitement and the panel we hosted. We decided to order from a popular sandwich place that was famous for delivering very quickly. We have it all delivered to the convention center since we aren't super familiar with the city and aren't comfortable driving around to find a place. I get a notification that the order is out for delivery and go to the front entrance to wait for the delivery person so they wouldn't have to wander into the sea of weebs. As soon as I get to the entrance, I see the delivery guy looking lost and I approach him, asking if the order is for Ashley. He says it is, and when he turns to hand me one of our bags, his entire demeanor changes. I don't know how to explain it properly, but it's this thing I've noticed some guys do when they've decided you're attractive and they want to flirt with you, and they get all suave, look you up and down, and get a little too close to you. He does this and says, Oh hey, what are you supposed to be? I tell him I'm X character from X anime, and he starts talking about how he started that show recently. Then he says, Can I get a hug? And before I can say no, he puts his arms that are now holding our drinks hostage around me and squeezes me really tight. I'm panicking internally and looking for my friend to help. Jane is shocked and clearly dumbfounded on what to do. I try to pull away, but he has to be locked in. I then feel his head move in a weird way before he finally lets me go. As soon as I'm out of his grasp, I take a huge step back and ask him if we can please have our drinks. He snaps back to reality visibly and looks around like someone who has just lost their keys or their wallet and then finally hands the drinks to me. My cosplay involved two prop swords, so I was holding those in my elbow trying to juggle our food. As I was handing the drinks to Jan, the delivery guy reaches over and takes one of my swords going, Whoa, this sword is so cool, while I'm still trying to juggle our food, since it was way too many bags. Finally, Jan and I are situated and I ask him for my sword back. He pulls back and says, Well, can I get your number? I tell him no and reach for my sword, which he pulls back again. Well, what about Facebook? Jan finally steps in and says, no, she just got a new number. I was perplexed by her response that I just stared wondering how in the heck that would help. Jan then says to me, well don't you have any business cards on you? I'm a voice actor and carry business cards on me when I go to conventions sometimes. To which I say, no I left them in the car. 
Again, I'm baffled to where she's going with any of this. I would never offer a creepy stranger my business card. Finally, she tells him to follow me on social media. I give in and give him my username, minus one word so he wouldn't actually find me, and start walking away. Delivery guy then says, I'll be seeing you again soon so we can talk about anime. Don't you worry. A girl who had been waiting in line for con food near us came to us after he left and told us, I know you probably don't want to hear this, but I think you should know. The guy sneaked a kiss on your head when he was hugging you. I am very uncomfortable, scared, creeped out, and feeling violated by this unwelcome hug and apparent kiss. Thank God I was wearing a wig. I'm slightly annoyed with Jan for not helping me more and just staring at what was happening. As if we head to one of the tables set up in the main area, I tell her, Next time someone does something like that, just say that I'm your girlfriend and you're really jealous. She says she never thought of that, but it makes sense and she'll do it next time. We finished up our lunch and decided to visit her parents who were only about 20 minutes away as they got a new puppy that I was excited to meet. For context, Jan and I were hosting two panels at the convention that day. One was at 12.30pm and the other one was at 12.30am. As it was more of an adult nature, so we had a long time before our last panel and wanted to kill time. What better way than playing with a puppy? So we go to her parents, play with a puppy. They asked us to stay for dinner. We do, and leave after the lovely dinner and get back to the convention center around 9 or 9.30 so we can get a couple photos with the cool light display the convention provides. Jane and I head towards the light display and from about 10 feet away I hear, Ashley, hey, Ashley. I'm intrigued because I thought maybe a friend had came to the con and I hadn't seen them earlier. I was also startled to hear my real name being shouted out since I usually go by an alias when attending cons. I turned to where the voice was coming from in a tiny crowd of people standing next to the stairs that we had just came down and there with a big grin on his face is the delivery guy. He's standing by himself, not talking to anyone clearly not knowing a single person there. He walks up to Jan and I all suave and says, Yeah, I thought we could talk about more anime shit. I am now mortified, realizing that this guy came back to the convention center because he knew I would be there, paid for a batch to get in, or found a way to sneak in, and waited for who knows how long to find me there. I was generally scared, and I froze up. I couldn't think straight. This time Jan was on top of it though. She stepped between the delivery guy and me as he was walking up and said, No, uh-uh. You're done, buddy. I've been nice, but she's my girlfriend. He puts his hands up and backs away saying, Aw, oh, sorry. I didn't know. Maybe I could change your mind though. Jan has her arms around me and just keeps walking me away from the guy. I don't know if he followed us at all, but Jan walked us around the convention center for a solid 20 minutes before finally telling me that we were going outside to the photo area to breathe and recover. She says he tried to follow us for a bit, but finally gave up and just disappeared. I immediately called my boyfriend and was nearly in tears since I had been the target of a stalker before and was very afraid I would go through the same thing again with the delivery guy. My boyfriend comforted me, helped me calm down. Jan and I went to the panel and, despite my love and excitement for the convention and for participating in the cosplay contest on Saturday, I just couldn't do it. I didn't go back on Saturday. The whole convention just fell off after that 
and I was generally afraid that he would be there again. I called the store he worked at to tell them what happened and found out that he had a history of this behavior. When I told the manager what happened, he said, I know exactly who you're talking about and he will be dealt with, which was both comforting and disheartening since he clearly had done this before, maybe multiple times, to have a reputation for it. But I was also glad that others had reported him to the store, enough that the manager took me seriously without any hesitation. Now I don't want to order delivery anymore. I spent the day in a decent sized city with a friend doing mutual aid work all day. I was living in my vehicle at the time and decided the train tracks were a chill place to hang out. I drove up there and it seemed pretty calm but eerily desolate except for the shirtless guy doing push-ups on the road and running down the hill the rest of the street was on. I parked on the gravel and could tell that even though this was a chill spot, it was tweaker territory. I was doing random things like cleaning and playing on my little guitar. Even though the guy working out was around, I felt really exposed having my stuff out or hanging around there, even if it was still daytime. And I'm not exactly a person who looks like a target. The sun started to set and the muscle-bound guy seemed to have finished his workout. I was getting ready to leave and this is too much information but I was emptying out a piss jug when I saw about 10 feet away to my left a guy walking, not at me but besides me, looking at me. He had a hoodie over his head and a black COVID mask on, black gloves, shorts with suspenders, and some sort of gun holster but I really can't say for sure. The first thing I saw was the massive shiny machete he was gripping like he was getting ready to use it. I look at him and look away, pretending I don't care. I try to grab my stuff and throw it into my vehicle as fast as possible and lock the doors. I was unable to do this without looking like I was going to make a break for it. I got in and he started walking around my vehicle, circling it, but not really looking at me. He would just take glances at me and look around at nothing. I pretended to be preoccupied with whatever and after about two minutes he walked about 40 feet away and was now swinging it looking at the walking path below us and then back at me. I began secretly filming him which is what you see now. This is the part that makes me laugh when I think about it. I started my van and immediately tried to get the fuck out of there but forgot that I was on a gravel road and started digging myself a hole. I looked over and he noticed I was trying to leave and that I was stuck and started walking back to me. I got my van unstuck and made the tightest U-turn ever. But at this point, I was driving right towards him and I ducked because it looked like he might throw something through my window with the way that he was watching me leave. Not 100 feet down the road is an old couple outside watching the sunset. I frantically, looking like a psycho myself, told them about the guy and they looked confused but went back inside. They said they would call the police. I headed straight down the freeway to somewhere rural and stayed the night after that. Trigger warning, mention of sexual assault. A little background about this place I live in. I grew up in a nice little neighborhood near my sister's high school and we lived in a terrace house there. Back then, it was a relatively safe neighborhood and a 15 minute walk to the shops nearby. On my way to the shops, I passed by two blocks of apartments to my left 
and a row of hawker stalls to my right. Behind the stalls were flats, at least five blocks, which were considered low-cost housing, so there were foreign workers immigrants living there. My family would often visit one of the hawker stalls right on the opposite of the apartment for breakfast or supper, since they were open 24 hours or at least till 3 most times. It was a teeny roadside stall with about 5 to 6 tables. Anyway, there was a deranged woman. I don't want to call her that, but I can't find another word to describe her condition. So in simple terms, she's mentally ill, severely. She would always come by that stall. She would be dressed in rags or old clothes. Her hair was dark and long, straggly, and all over the place. The owners would often give her packets of food and drinks out of pity and sometimes had to make her leave because she was disturbing other customers. I had only seen her from afar and didn't know what her deal was until I heard the rumors about her. She was always carrying packets of food and drinks in both hands that were given to her by the stall owners. So, the incident goes like this. It was around 2008 when this happened. I was 12. My eldest sister has a best friend who lived in the apartment right opposite to the stall. They are both 17 and often hang out together because we live so close to each other. Sometimes I would tag along with them for fun. We would often hang out at her friend's place or at a stall. Once, my sister decided to meet up with her real quick for a chat and I tagged along with her. It was about 10pm and we were parked right beside the same stall we usually go to. The stall was still lit and had a few customers, so it felt safe and we chatted happily in the car. About two hours later, so a little after midnight, we noticed from the rearview mirror that the woman was standing a few feet behind our car. We all turned around and looked and saw that she was facing our direction. We couldn't see her face clearly because it was dark, but just enough that my sister's friend recognized that it was a deranged woman. As usual, she was holding packets of food and drink in her hands. She was just standing there, staring in our direction, with both feet slightly apart. There was nothing between her and our car, and it was extremely unnerving. Of course, we knew that she was human and basically harmless, but it still gave us the creeps. So my sister decided to move the car a bit further ahead, away from the stall. Now that we were parked further away, we continued to chat about other things and forget about the woman. It was even darker and quieter actually, because we were further away from the stall and our car was now only illuminated by the streetlight. I was in the back seat and occasionally I'd turn around to check if the woman was still there while my sister and her friend were busy talking. It was around 1.30 or 2am now and I could see the stall was closed because there were no more customers. The three of us were still chatting happily and both my sister and her friend were facing each other away from the car windows. All of a sudden my sister friend screamed and tapped on my sister's shoulder signaling her to look behind and there she was, the woman standing right beside the car staring at us through the driver's seat window. She was bending slightly with her face close to the window as if she was trying to see us better. My sister, who was in the driver's seat, immediately bent down to avoid her stare because the woman outside the window was staring right at her. We all screamed and bent down too because we were shocked and she looked really scary. She looked like a ghost that appeared all of a sudden out of nowhere. 
we didn't notice her walking up to our car at all. Although I only saw her face for a split second, I could see that her eyes were wide open and she had a wide and uncanny smile on, which freaked us the fuck out. We were panicked and I told my sister to quickly start the car and drive away. We dropped her friend off at the entrance of her apartment and residence and drove home immediately. A week later, my sister's friend told us that the woman apparently lives in one of the flats behind the stall we went to. According to rumors, she was raped by the immigrants living there in one of those flats, which caused her to become the way she was. Not sure if it's true, but it's really sad to hear. That encounter was the last we've seen of her, because we heard she passed away within the same year. I know that she was very real and very human, but it was absolutely creepy nonetheless, as if we had a supernatural encounter. Back in the 70s, my grandfather dropped my grandmother, mom, and two sisters off to do some shopping on his way to work. Since he wasn't able to pick them up, they hitchhiked home. My mom at the time was only around 10 or 11, middle sister would have been about 7 or 8, and the youngest was a year old. They got picked up by a guy in a pickup truck who had them all sit in the back row with one of them holding the baby. My grandmother was giving him directions home from the highway, but the guy ignored her and went by her exit, claiming he had to make a stop first. Didn't really say much else during the drive. My mom remembers my grandmother being very quiet and very nervous. Eventually, they came up to a farm. The driver tells him to wait in the car and goes inside a house. While he's gone, they just sit there terrified. They are in the middle of nowhere and know they can't make it out on foot. A few minutes later, the driver comes out with a second guy, who then looks into the truck and sees my mom and younger sisters. He starts flipping out, screaming at the driver that he shouldn't have brought the baby back. They aren't going to do anything with her, and some other things I can't remember. And he ends up telling him to get them away from the farm. Driver gets back into the truck, apologizes, and then gets back on the highway, and they drive again in silence. My grandmother, normally a very smart woman, had him drive directly to their house. Although, I suspect her reasoning was, she had already given him the address before anything seemed off. They lived at the house for several years, and luckily never saw either of them a second time. This happened a few years ago. I'm a female and was in my early 20s when I was with my family getting groceries. We had just gotten a new car and the settings were not adjusted yet. We had the children's security thingy that prevents people in the back seat from opening the doors. Well, it was a standard shopping endeavor, so I decided to stay in the car and listen to music while my family was buying water. I falsely assumed that because I couldn't open my door that the front was locked for sure and I was sitting in the back seat. Boy was I wrong. I remember a woman speeding towards our car and I tried to calm myself down thinking maybe she just saw something behind the car. That was until she ripped open the door and tried to pull me out of the car. And when that didn't work because I still had my safety belt on, she tried to get in instead, all while she was speaking in a language I could not understand. At that point, I was panicking because my false sense of safety was gone and I was struggling with some woman I didn't understand and trying to prevent her from getting into our car. 
I remember trying to call my mom at the same time, telling her to get the hell back to the car because I needed help. I couldn't even explain the given situation since I was so focused on not letting the woman into our car and luckily something told my mother that I wasn't joking. Well, my father still decided it wasn't worth rushing back to and calmly finished his purchase because he thought I was just being dramatic but luckily they eventually got out to me and only when my father appeared and pulled that woman back out did she calm down and quickly went away. I was shaking uncontrollably at that point, hyperventilating and sobbing but I remember noticing her calmly walk towards a man who was standing near the exit of the store just watching, not doing anything. And when she reached them, they just calmly walked off. Through my panic attack, my parents were arguing because my mother had told my father that she thought something serious was happening and he just put it off. To this day, I don't know what to make of this encounter. I just know that I still get anxious when I have to wait in the car alone. I tried to rationalize it somehow and the best I could come up with was during this time a lot of refugees arrived and there may have been housing near the store. I don't know. So I thought maybe she was traumatized or had PTSD. Got triggered by something and that was her response. That idea would also work with the overall appearance of her speaking a different language. But the fact that she instantly backed off and calmed down when my father got there after pulling her away and the man just watching me still doesn't make sense to me. Also, that's just an uneducated guess. I was walking my dog in the rain. It was about 6.30 p.m. A man comes up to me. He's wearing a red jacket, seems to be in his 40s or 50s. He's missing a few teeth. He greets my dog and we talk about him. He gives him a chew toy and we play with the dog for a bit. As I'm about to leave, I give him the chew toy back and he insists we keep it. After a few minutes of going back and forth, I decide to drop it and take the ball. I thank him and wish him a good night. I get home and examine the chew toy closer. I take out the squeaky cap. Inside I see a chip that is blinking with a red color. I immediately grab a pen and pick the chip out and snap it into two. My mind is filled with a lot of questions about why this happened and what I should do about it. When I was 16, I had just gotten my driver's license. I was at a drive-thru for fast food when a guy started walking up the drive-thru line towards the front of my car. The way this drive through is laid out made it obvious to me there was no reason for this guy to be back there, so I had already locked my doors. He was dressed in pretty nice casual clothes and seemed relaxed. Sure enough, he walks beside my car and tries to open the passenger door right as I locked it and it doesn't open for him. He smiles at me through the window and walks in front of my car out the drive through I had to drive slowly out of there on account that he was walking right in front of me. This guy may have been trying to carjack me and he had the balls to walk in front of my car for a solid minute. One of the biggest what the fuck moments of my entire life honestly. Didn't tell my parents or anyone until years later. Tonight I took my girlfriend and my sister out to downtown for some dinner. 
We finished eating and continued our night by taking scenic walks by bars and nightclubs in the lit up city. Out of a spontaneous attempt, I had remembered a nice bar that sits on the 10th floor with some awesome views. I wanted to show my sister who hasn't been to that spot. As we were making our way up to the bar, a 50 year old wearing a red polo shirt and shorts starts asking me, are you with them? Pointing at the other three males passing by, looking like 35 to 40 years old. I replied, no. At this point, he starts asking me if I'm headed to the sky bar, stating, I'm not a creep. I'm just wondering if you were, because that's where I'm headed to. The line looks really long, so I was wondering if we could go together and just have a nice evening together. You can trust me. I'm a local. At this point, my reply was, we're going to meet up with our group at the dock, which was BS. He replies, oh yeah, I have friends there too. And I just said, cool, we'll have a good night. We left and went home, avoiding this guy and any situation he might be looking for. Just a dynamic view, it was me, 28, male, 5'7", my girlfriend, 28, 5'5", and my sister, 21, 5'3". The creep was 46 to 56, male, about 6 foot. Dude was screaming red flags, sounding desperate. It might have been innocent, but I've never heard a guy ramble on about wanting company that bad. Needless to say, it was an interesting Friday Halloween Eve. First time living alone in my apartment. I was walking out to my car to attend an evening church service. I hear this guy saying, Hey, hello, can you help me? I'm standing about 10 feet away when I stop to observe this man in a wheelchair. He has one sack of groceries on his lap and two on the ground beside him. He had on what looked like veteran attire and combat boots. But what stood out to me most was, I noticed how incredibly buff he was. Not just his arms, but his calves. The hairs on my arms and neck instantly stood up. I guess while silently observing him, he was waiting for me to walk up to him. I took a few steps back and shook my head. His immediate response was, I'm not going to do anything. Can't you see I'm in a wheelchair? He then pointed to the door and said, Look, I just need some help putting these bags inside my door on the floor. That's all. I declined politely and began to walk away. The screaming, cursing, and insults were what made me basically run to my car. Safe in my car, I locked the doors, and I can't shake the awful feeling off of me. Fast forward a couple days later, and I'm driving down the street headed home. Who would I see walking without a limp, cane, or any visible disability? My heart dropped. I stayed in my apartment for weeks and had a male friend walk me to my car when I got off work because I was too scared to go by myself in case of any more encounters. To this day, this strange encounter haunts me. Add in, I reported this to the office management. They told me that they'll take care of it. I also called the non-emergency police line and asked if I could report this, and they told me there was nothing that they could do. It would be his word versus mine. To preface, I'm a 24-year-old female and not a big partier. Although I live in a big party city, I never have more than a few drinks while out. 
My parents were both alcoholics, so I really tried to set limits. I always eat food beforehand and drink plenty of water. Anyway, I meet up with an old friend, Jessica, for the first time in a year and a half. We decided to grab dinner together, so she suggests a cute little place where she used to work. Once we get there, around 5.45, we are sitting in the back and order a glass of wine and huge bowls of pasta. We enjoy our dinner and another glass when Jessica's old manager comes over. He offers wine on the house, so we decide to stay and grab another glass, total of three glasses, and ended up paying a super cheap tab. I felt good and was planning to commute home. This is the last thing I remember. I woke up the next morning at Jessica's apartment completely confused about what happened the night before. Apparently, while drinking our third glass of wine, we were moved and seated at the bar where she left to go to the bathroom. While she was in the bathroom, I somehow made it upstairs into her manager's office. She found me pretty quickly, I guess. But I seemed like I was really drunk and she called a friend to give us a ride home to her apartment. At some point during the ride from this restaurant to her apartment at 9.30pm, I called my best friend, Heather. The following day, Heather tells me that I was completely unintelligible on the phone and Jessica ended up having to speak for me. Jessica told Heather that I was safe and headed back to her apartment where I could stay the night if I wanted to or she could give me a ride back to my place. The two knew each other so Heather felt safe but knew something was up as I'm never obliterated in public, especially at 9.30pm. So I guess I ended up passing out at Jessica's as soon as we got back and she stays up and orders food for me and grabs me water and takes care of me. I really don't know what happened. I only had three glasses of wine and I can't remember a single thing after signing the bill. Although I did feel good, I wasn't necessarily drunk. I know my limits and know that I did not black out. I never felt any sketchy vibes at the restaurant, neither would the people working there or other customers while there. I feel like the only possible answer is that my drink was drugged. <laughs>